I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. All right, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. And Lee and I have copped a fair bit of, a fair few comments over the last couple of weeks about how similar we sound, but I'm sure a couple of keen listeners might have picked up that this is in fact skinnled, giving the, giving the introduction this week. Um, and there's a very good reason for that, which I'll get to in a moment. But first, let me introduce Sam Hazlitt, who's sitting here on my right. Sam, how are you going? Good. Hi, everyone. Good to be back. As always, good to have you, mate. You had a, had a little RDO last week, um, so we got to catch up with Baze, which was nice. But no, very good to have you back, mate. And the reason for, 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 for me giving the intro, really, is, is that Lee is away from the studio this week. He's on a, a ski trip down in Melbourne, I believe. Um, so we've gone ahead and gotten him on the phone and if all has gone to plan he should be able to hear us now lethal are you there i am i am scared i'm hoping that you can uh, hear me as well but i'm most certainly here i'm unsure of how the acoustics are sounding because uh, i'm sitting sort of very close to a drying room after my first day on the slopes uh, as they say in the sort of skiing fraternity so um, yeah, hopefully you can hear me decently. I'm actually, well, I did fly to Melbourne, so you're half right, and you are my brother, so uh, obviously a very keen observer of my lifestyle choices. We actually then drove five hours to get to Mount Hotham, so I'm probably not in the smack bang in the city of Melbourne, but that's okay, Skin. Okay, yep, no, that makes sense. Thanks for the correction there. I yeah, obviously don't keep up to date with you <laughs> often enough. Um, no, I didn't actually get to see you over the weekend, actually. No, I didn't. You were back. You were back for, for a day there to play cricket for the Tigers, but then, yeah, then you, you left before for us the next morning. Um, but yeah, we'll get Correct. we'll get to a wrap of the of the Tigers cricket in a moment. Um, but yeah, I'll Absolutely. just have, hello, give it. Hello, by the way. Oh, as well. yeah. Lethal, how you going? Say hello to Haz. Well, thanks, mate. Well, about it today, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Very very good to watch from the highlights reel, I must say. Sorry, Skin. I'm sure you're probably getting to that. Yeah, yeah, we've, I'm sure we'll, yeah, we'll get into into that into a bit more detail as we'll give us a ball by ball later on, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I think we we might actually start with the cricket, I reckon, if that's all right with everyone. No uh, worries, Skin. Have you got a cricket intro there? That um, uh, We've got earlier? one. Yeah, well, that one's been prepared. Let me see if I've got the right button here. That's going well, I think. Thanks. Yeah, you've actually done that a lot better than I usually do, to be fair. <laughs> the buttons are nicely labelled for me. It's all, it's all perfect. Um, oh, but yeah, anyway. Oh, can I check? Have you pressed the record button? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, she's red, so we're we're good to go, yeah, aren't we? We're going great. right. That's great science. That's the equivalent of a heartbeat in the roadcaster world. <laughs> so yeah, that's good news. Yeah, that could have been a real drama. Uh, but no, no, everything's going smoothly. So just trust us, Lee. Jeez, we've got it all covered. Yeah, yeah. It's Sorry, under control. Boys, I actually do. I do feel a lot better. You're both very intelligent species, so I was uh, <laughs> I was very happy with the fact that you were in the studio there. Actually, I yeah. think that'll uh, that'll work well. So I apologise. That'll be the last time I question your judgment. <laughs> all, right. all right, thank you, Lethal. 
Um, so yeah, let's get stuck into the cricket, shall we? I, I was trying to remember how far along in the Ashes series we were when we recorded last week. Um, so I'm not sure we need to give it too much attention, but I will just summarise and say that yeah, Australia definitely lost the fifth test but retained the Ashes, so that was nice. Um, and then I will just say that the Australian women's team have continued to dominate the West Indies in their T20s. Um, they bowled the West Indies out for 81 in the most recent game and, and chased it down in 7.3 overs. Yeah, pretty convincing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they they have play. absolutely – they have demoralised the West Indies in that series, yeah. like all formats of cricket over there. Yeah. yeah, you could probably say it's not a fluke at, the, at this stage. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. It's probably, <laughs> no, that's right. And probably uh, pretty good news with the, the T20 World Cup coming up is it this year, next year. Yeah, definitely puts them in good stead. They're they're tracking on tracking well. You don't want them to peak early though. Not sure if uh, if that's yeah, in the okay. thought process, but yeah. but no, they should be right. Yeah, no, It'd be nice sure. to see them play someone apart from the West Indies as well. It feels like they've been playing the West Indies for three months. <laughs> so they to get get a different opponent, surely. Yeah, well, I'm sure they'll have a few in the World Cup. You'd like to think. Um, yeah, and no, that's true. So moving on, we've also had the men's and women's domestic competition start over the weekend. Has. Um, I'll give a quick rundown of, of the women's one. I'm sure you've got, got a few more insights into the men's for me. Um, but I'll just say that in the women's, the West, Western Australia uh, won their first two games, uh, beating Queensland and then Tasmania the very next day. Um, and Nicole Bolton was player of the match in both of those games. Good. She got back-to-back half centuries and picked up two for... Um, and then more recently, the a- ACT beat Victoria and New South Wales beat... South Australia today, I believe. Probably a notable mention uh, from one of our own Queensland Fire women, uh, Gemma Barsby, scoring sixty-three, batting at number nine, which is a pretty good fighting effort uh, down the order after after a uh, average start yeah, by the, right. the rest of the batters. But uh, yeah, couldn't batting couldn't get them over. That's yeah, real handy. That's yeah, and she, she had really good bowling figures too. I think her economy was about two point five over the ten overs, so she was definitely the standout performer for the Queenslanders. Yeah, right. Thank you. Has good insights. Great insights. Never let you down, has <laughs> continues to get a geek. Yeah. I think she's uh, I think she's going over to WA actually for the big bash, which is a bit of a loss for the Brisbane Heat, but I think Gemma's uh signed for Perth, so Okay, there you go. And uh, that's Might a big have to get her on the podcast at some stage as well, actually has. Try and pull some strings for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> you're a very powerful man yeah. in your field. It's good having <laughs> friends in high places, has. Uh, yeah. And so moving on to the men's, we I saw Western Australia beat Victoria the other day. Marcus Stoinis belted a ridiculous 100 off, I think it was about 58 rocks. Um, as WA went on to hit 386 and then bowled Victoria out for 261. Yeah, it was a fair um, total. So, pretty uh, yeah. pretty good batting with yeah. her, I reckon. I think Vicks were bowled out with about 11 overs to go as well, so um, their run rate wasn't too bad, but yeah. Um, but yeah, just lost a few too many wickets along the way. Yeah, okay. Has I've got to ask you, that WA team looks genuinely stacked. Marcus Stoinis batted at six last night, scored 100, and they've still got Mitch Marsh to come back into the team. Uh, like, they're just – who does he even come back in for? Like, that's a serious side. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. And, and I think the lowest scorer was Sean Marsh, who is, is a pretty good player. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know who you drop there. They're, they're, they're stacked, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, I'd say that is a fair team. Three eight six and your number six getting a hundred off fifty eight balls. That's going to help <laughs> you win plenty of games of cricket. Yeah, shucks, that's tough to beat. Um, <laughs> and then so the only the only other game so far has been uh, Queensland and New South Wales, which you played in today. Has um, that's I'm what sure a you can, you can give us <laughs> give us a bit of a deep dive into that game. It was it was good to watch on the telly, mate. How'd it go? Yeah, well, um, we uh, we bowled first, Queensland, and um, won the toss. So wanted to try and get the most out of the wicket early, 9.30 start. Um, and uh, I think at AB Field where we played smaller boundaries, we probably back ourselves to chase chase down, chase down a, a decent target even if they set a high total. So we, we went for that option. And um, New South Wales got 306, I believe, Um which was probably under par, sounds like a lot, but probably under par for, uh, for AV Field and, and the wicket was only getting better. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we chased it down with uh, two overs left. Uh, probably uh, made it a bit tougher for ourselves than we needed to. Minus and I were ticking along nicely at one down and, mm. and probably would have liked to have both been there at the end. But fortunately, unfortunately, both uh, both got out along the way and um, left it up to, to uh, 
Joe Burns, who put a, played a really good innings, and Jack Wildermuth as well through the middle uh, to keep ticking it over. Um, unfortunately, Jimmy Pearson got run out early, which uh, um, which well, was, it was a, quite a comical very one, really. Interesting scenes, that yeah, that was strange. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think yeah, I think Jim was just thinking about the LB appeal yeah, that, yeah. Was, that they were going up for, and wasn't worried about anything yeah. else going on. But um, as I'm not sure if you would have got to see it, but the even funnier thing was actually the commentary on that particular dismissal, where obviously the commentator didn't realise that he was getting run out and was like yelled out. Oh, he's walking. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't see that, but that's funny. For an LBW to see that. I don't think many people are walking. Especially, especially um, when I think you hit it, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I uh, had some so big hitting from uh, from Mark Steckity to get us home at the end as well. Hit a couple of uh, couple of big sixes, um, which he's known for doing, the big Warwick Walloper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is correct. He did hit a couple of Dorothy's, as did you actually, has. I must say, I know you're not going to blow your own trumpet, but uh, some of your highlights were quite impressive to watch also. Yeah, I got a bit of, bit of airtime on social media with a, with one of those sixes, but, um, but yeah, it was nice to hit a few out there. And, and uh, unfortunately, Maxi Bryant got himself out early, so I'm usually sitting at the other end watching him whack him and just trying to get him on strike. But because he got himself out, I had to... Um, take charge and, and try and get us off to a flyer. Yeah, perfect. Good news. Um, and has one more question I wanted to get your opinion on was the the incident with yourself and, and Mickey Edwards, the bowler. You pelted one back at him and nearly, nearly hit him pretty flush in the head, really. It was, a bit, was it a bit scary out there at the, at the time? Or Yeah, yeah, I was a bit worried. Um, yeah, charged down the wicket and, and hit one straight back at him. Um, at first, I was worried about him being injured, but he seemed to be okay. But then I was yeah. worried I was going to get caught because it hit him on the fall and then ricocheted straight up into the air only a couple of metres from mid-off. So I thought it was going to be one of those unfortunate yeah. uh, dismissals in, in the 60s um, yeah. there. But but fortunately, yeah, it didn't, uh, didn't go to hand. And fortunately also, Mickey Edwards was okay, just a sore hand, which was – Probably the the best possible outcome in that yeah, situation. Yeah, no, he's done, he's done well to, to get. Yeah, he's done well to get his hand up in front of his head. There, lethal. Did you get to see that on on telly? Or? Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, just the old cricket Australia app. Big shout out to them. They've uh, kept me through from Mount Hotham here. They've kept me in the know with all the Sam Hazlitt stats and uh, vision that I need to be watching. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, that that were actually what I didn't obviously see it live, but certainly in the replay, you sort of know what's going to happen, and it's still is hit like an absolute tracer bullet. So it, it always a little bit of hard mouth stuff, and especially with the uh, obviously the rules around sort of helmet wearing and stuff uh, at the moment with wicket keepers now have to wear a helmet when they uh, go to the grocery store and, and whatever else. It's um it's a little bit scary at times. You sort of wonder if eventually we're going to get to the stage where bowlers are running in with baseball masks on and stuff yeah. as well. So um, yeah, yeah, Even, is, even the coaches is, at, at our training now, the coaches have to wear helmets when they're side-arming to players. Um, yeah. I'm not sure all of them follow that. They definitely don't follow that, but that is the that is the rule. Um, they uh, they have mm. to, which is, yeah, yeah tough, right. tough on them. Yeah, right. That's yeah, to be fair, has if I'm side army to you and you're hitting him like that, I would be happy to wear a helmet, I think. Yeah. I think I think I do wear a helmet when I side arm just out of habit. But I don't know. No, you don't. Don't I? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. All right. Certainly not when you side army to me because I glance at yeah, well, the swing instead of I don't think you're straight, back down back, the straight back at me. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Exactly. Um, boys, what about the uh, – uh, just uh, one other thing, actually. Sorry, Skin, I know you're the lead man, the front man of the band no, this no, week. Please but, take uh, the wheel. I just want to ask you uh, – I just want to ask you, Has, um, most of the sort of obviously just connecting to that Ashes rap, most of the Australian guys obviously back sort of last Wednesday. And I noticed that I don't think any of the other – maybe Cameron Bancroft from the, from the touring squad went straight into playing. Um, but you know, probably didn't play the last couple of test matches. Anyone else who was involved in that series obviously taken the option to uh, to rest. Uh, and then, <laughs> true true to everything we've ever said, Marnus straight back in <laughs> arrived on Wednesday, had a hit yesterday, uh, and straight back into his one day form for the Bulls in round one. And, and he made some runs today as well. Yeah, it was more than just a hit yesterday. It was it was hours of hitting. Um, <laughs> I think he's trying <laughs> trying to get himself into one day format mode and instead of leaving everything outside off. But um, it definitely batted really well uh, for 67. Um, and then 
smashed it, cut straight, cut straight, straight to point. But but yeah, and he was hitting all morning as well before the game, trying to trying to get himself in form. But it, it worked. <laughs> it, uh, that does not surprise yeah, me one yeah. bit. No, no surprise at all. In but fact, yeah, it was this story. Sorry, has this this story came up uh, last week when. Um, Sort of, I think you remember you were playing a game against Gold Coast last year. We played Gold Coast last week and were speaking to them after the game, and they were talking about the time that Marnus came back, played a game against uh, against Gold Coast, a great figure. But obviously, you guys had a Shield game the next week, yeah. Um, and and Marnus actually went out and scored seventy in the game, so it wasn't like he had a stinker. Um, he scored seventy in the game, obviously, like leading edge one got out and then stayed completely wided up. Uh, and then just walked straight to the nets and got three of the boys to come and sidearm to him and hit for another two hours while we were batting there as well. Yeah, um, I definitely remember that. <laughs> I, that. I think I think a few of us <laughs> rotated through throwing balls at him um, yeah, that afternoon. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. So the man has a serious appetite for training. Indeed, <laughs> and um, and yeah, I think we'll have Michael Nesser back next game, I believe, but we'll have to wait and see how that goes. And um, Usman Kawaja. Hopefully for for the third game, I, I don't know, but they haven't announced the squads for the third game. But um, but yeah, he's having a rest at the moment. I think he's going to be at training on Tuesday, um, or yeah, maybe Tuesday. So with the, with the rest of the group, so we'll see how, how we go from there. Where's your next? When's your next game? Sorry, has and and where as well? Because obviously we're back to the old format now, or older format. Yeah, we are actually straight away back on Tuesday. So um, little uh, training session tomorrow, team meeting. Um, so we can plan for the game against South Australia. Uh, we're, we're playing them at AB Field again um, on Tuesday. So uh, hopefully another flat track for me. But um, but yeah, it's good to good to get off to a good start against New South Wales because um, they've probably um, been on top of us the last few years. And and um, yeah, we've we've haven't haven't won as many games as we would have liked against them. Uh, they're probably a little bit. Uh, had less experience in their squad this year. Um, a few fresh faces and and uh, still a few, oh, plenty of really good players in their team, but not as experienced as, as they might have been in the past. Yeah, yeah, no, very fair, excellent. Skin, lead us again. All right, yep, can do. I think, uh, yeah, I think that'll do us for uh, sort of the the Marsh Cup sort of thing. We might move on to a little Redlands wrap. Um, we oh, we played absolutely. round three over the weekend. Uh, Lethal, you you were back for back for one day there to play play for Tigers. So what? Uh, well, yeah, what happened? Talk us through the first grade game for us. Yeah, uh, it's pretty uh, disappointing, I guess, to to uh, to ruin the result straight away. I haven't really built into the story there, um, <laughs> but uh, we we definitely suffered a loss and, and, a, and a pretty tough loss. We, uh, we were sent into bat. Um, lost sort of a, a couple of early wickets. Um, had Nick Herford come back to the side uh, after sort of playing a lot of second grade, and he batted really well opening. Um, myself and Bays batted three and four, and sort of looked like we were um, putting on some runs. Uh, and then I got out, and uh, I got out to Cameron Boyce, actually, who's a very, very good bowler, no question. Um, sometimes you really have to tip your hat to the bowler. Um, <laughs> And if you've seen the live stream replay of that dismissal skin, you'll find that I hit a half tracker straight to the man at long on. Um, so probably not the greatest moment of my life or shot selection. Yeah, um, so that was disappointing. And then um, obviously Bayes continued to bat and bat really, really well. He finished with 90, which is sort of his second second uh, score of 50 plus or 80 plus really for the season and we're only in round three so he's been awesome yeah. Uh, probably yeah that dismissal took a little bit of sting out of his batting he's sort of one that someone that likes to score quite quickly and he probably couldn't because of the new batsmen that were coming in around him and and as it turned out uh, Tumor were unbelievable at the death and, and bowled sort of their last 12 overs for only sort of 70 runs when you Probably want to be scoring it a lot quicker than that, uh, but they executed very well. So consequently, we finished with two forty-eight, uh, and then bowled ridiculously well um, sort of through. You know, like Lachlan Honan, the, the greatest spell that I, uh, I've ever seen him bowl. He usually can run in and bowl three overs, and then he's gassed. But um, he actually got a, a spell of six overs out. Uh, ended up bowling ten really, really good overs, and, and sort of taking a couple of key wickets for us. Okay. Um, and then we looked like we. Well, pretty much had blown it out to like eight runs and over and then we're making it really, really hard for them to score. And then um, Jack Webster from Turnbull hit. Uh, he's an ex-Redlands boy, actually, which was annoying. Um, and he hit three consecutive sixes uh, in some 
the like the 44th over and then uh, it was very difficult to sort of stop the momentum after that inside edge base a couple of times before and then they they won with uh, probably seven balls to spare eight balls to spare so that was uh, the end of our one day uh, our one day cup I guess we, we won't progress any further through the finals there's only three round games so we go on to two day red ball cricket this week yeah right uh- that is, yeah, that is a little bit of a downer, isn't it? But, um, but you know, thanks for the yeah, update, is, Lethal. Uh, that's all right, Skin. Yeah, it is a downer. It's a, like you, probably if you win two out of three, then you definitely play quarterfinals. Obviously, eight teams go through. So yeah. it's um it's probably quite disappointing to to not feature in that when it probably felt like all three games were in really strong positions at, at, at certain stages and um, were unable to close out in, in sort of the, the second two. Yeah, okay, with you. Um, and I, I haven't actually yet seen a replay of, of the live stream of your dismissal, but I, I have seen your dismissal from last week, which by the sounds was not much better. Uh, which, which which piece of shot selection <laughs> well, it takes the cake there? Uh, yeah, appreciate it, Skin. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've played two absolute stinkers. <laughs> In fact, I've played three stinkers. All three dismissals have been... All three dismissals have been horrendous, uh, nothing short of. So uh, I think last week was probably worse uh, because I was on less runs and probably hadn't earned the right to try and go over the top to a good bowler. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so that I'd say last week's was worse, but this week's was just yeah, this week's was just dumb. Like could could have had an acreage to hit it into and just try to bite off more than I could chew. Yeah, right. Okay, fair enough, Lethal. Both, 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 uh, both. Both zero point two out of ten hold rate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jesus, bloody right. earthquake here! I don't know what's going on. That's, that's all happening. Yeah. Mount Hossop is just a little avalanche. Hopefully not. But <laughs> yeah, no, anyway, carry on. Carry on. So, how'd you, how'd you go, Skinner, in second grade? Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, similar. I've got to say, to be honest, a bit of a disappointing day. Uh, we were also sent into bat, um, and I thought we we batted reasonably well. We had. Uh, Michael McEwen opened for us and, and made a pretty good. Uh, I think I think he made fifty six or something, fifty five, something like that. Um, and and we had a few guys up the top yes. that made a few runs here and there. But um, it was probably Charles Maley came in at number four and, and made fifty eight. Um, and how many did you get skin? Talk us through. Uh, yeah, oh, I, welcome I, back, Charles. <laughs> oh yeah, Charles first game back. So yeah, he's, that's he's that's going well for him. Um, yep, has thanks for thanks for the intro there. I then yeah. came in at number six and and managed to to peel off off a sneaky sixty at the end, um, which was nice. And yeah, nice got work. Out, Good got stuff. Out, yeah, got out in the in the final over yes, trying to hit every, everything to the moon, which which didn't work for me, but that's all right. Um, got to got to do it in the last did over. You successfully hit any to the moon? Uh, did not, you hit any over the fence, Skittle? Uh, the biggest? Uh, yeah, definitely not to the moon, but I hit. I, yeah, I got one bomb, uh, which was nice and. Seven boundaries, maybe. Yeah, you know, it all right. I was going all right. Got to be, got to be happy with ball. that. Yeah, got I was be happy. I was pretty happy with that. Um, and then, yeah, so I think we ended up with. I've hit way more. I've hit way more sixes than you, though. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we we ended up with. <laughs> we ended up. I think we set two hundred and sixty-eight, um, which is probably we probably felt was defendable, but I mean maybe a little bit under par over at Toonbull. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a batting paradox, isn't it? Has certainly can be at times, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So we probably felt it was it was a little bit unpar, <laughs> especially because we, I guess, because we'd gotten off to such a good start and then sort of just lost a few wickets in the middle there. Um, we made it a little bit hard for ourselves, and then, but we, yeah, we thought we were on track to defend it. We took a few few early wickets, um, but we we dropped a catch, which which proved to be quite crucial. Um, old mate ended up hitting us for 110 off about 40 balls, and they chased it down with really. Two or three overs to spare, so yeah, it was a fairly fairly disappointing. Is that day. statistically correct? Because that is a very good innings, a hundred on ten off forty. No, I haven't. I haven't looked up the scorecard actually, but it, geez, it felt like that when I was watching balls uh, sail over my head at Cow so you, Corner. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it, it was a pretty impressive knock. It would have yeah. been. But you have put a little bit of mayonnaise. Yeah, there's on plenty that. of mayo on it, but yeah, it was a fair strike rate, whatever it was. I'll see if I can find it for you, precisely, but um. In in the meantime, I think that that probably wraps up our our, our cricket talk for the week, doesn't it? Unless anyone yeah, has thought. another comment to make on the on the second grade game, there, or are we we happy with that? 
Perfect. I'll take I was it. waiting for Haz, but I'm pretty happy. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, no, well, I'll, I'll take the silence as an agreement and we will move on to the NRL. Yeah, a couple of big games uh, over the weekend in the NRL. The uh, the Rabbitohs beat Manly 34-26. Um, quite a high-scoring game for a final. Usually probably the best defensive teams in the comp make the finals. Um, but neither team were able to defend their line. And, and each time you know they got an opportunity at the line, they, they seemed to score. A um, couple of uh, controversial sin bins actually during the game. Um, starting off with... Uh, a little altercation between Jack Gajewski and Cody Walker um, with uh, Gajewski uh, sort of slamming the face or head of a Rabbitohs player into the ground um, and Cody Walker retaliating by sort of giving him a little slap slash punch little thing. Um, not really sure how to describe it, but um, I think uh, I think the Rabbitohs got the penalty for the first uh, infringement, but uh, Cody Walker was sent to the sin bin for 10 minutes uh, for his effort, and I mean, both were both weren't that dangerous. I, I mean, neither of them are probably what you want in, the, in a game. Um, and but they were quite soft, and people were saying that he shouldn't have been sent off because it was just a soft little slap. But um, but I reckon I reckon it was it was fair, and I think probably both of them should have been sent to the sin bin just because it's not something we want in the game. That like that's just petty stuff that it isn't a good look, and and could be worse, and uh, just isn't. Man, you don't want kids to be picking that up and doing that in their in their club footy games. Yeah, no, I would agree with you there, Has. Lethal, any any opinions? Yeah. I must say, Has, normally I um yeah, normally I sort of well, usually I sort of disagree with Has on on some of these, <laughs> especially probably the use of the simming. Like that's obviously become a lot more prevalent this season. Um, but but what I will say is that you know, like anything, if you actually want to stamp something out uh, early, like if you want to stamp something out, then I feel like you actually have to send that message by being pretty hard about it. So, you know, like if, if that's, if, like has said, if that's something that creeps into the game, becomes a habit and becomes a habit and then and then all of a sudden you want to stop it, then it's actually sort of uh, manifested into something that's harder to stop then. Whereas now, like we saw two on the weekend where Cam Smith, obviously, I'm sure we'll get to that game, but... He slapped the face as well, and also went to the bin. So surely you would think that by the time we get to sort of the, you know, these these really integral rounds that are coming up, finals rounds, and surely people are learning the lesson not to slap people. Yeah, and uh, a couple more. So Brad Parker uh, was sin bin for a trip, obvious one, um, probably just a reactionary thing. I'm sure he, he probably didn't mean it too much, but it, it's one that you know you're going to be sin bin for. And I uh, wanted to mention though, Brad Parker, probably the most improved player in the NRL this year. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have seen of him, but last couple of years um, he seemed just like a, a park footy player coming on and, and filling a gap in centre centre and. Um, Sort of couldn't believe that he would make an NRL side, but um, but this year he's been really impressive. Um, scored a try, runs the ball hard, really good in defence. So um, he's been uh, a couple of my mates. I know now call him the goat. Um, they they love him. They they're getting on board the the Brad Parker train. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was sent off there. And um, finally, uh, Jake Trebojevic uh, sent off, which a lot of people are disappointed about for a professional foul late in the game, which it, everyone thinks. Uh, probably changed the game, swayed the momentum a bit towards the Rabbitohs. But, um, and people are going to disagree with me here, but I, I think it was fair. I mean, it, it was a soft one. It, the shirt pull wasn't a significant shirt pull. It, it didn't sh- yank him back, but it wasn't a shoulder-to-shoulder contact. He, he pulled him back, he used his hands. You're not allowed to do that. It's a professional foul, and the uh, the consequence for a professional foul is a sin bin. So uh, yeah. I think it's fair enough. Yeah, no, that makes sense. As there's... Yeah. Good little logical consistency there. I agree with you. Yeah, well, that's good. Thank you, Skin. I appreciate it. Pleasure, mate. Always um, here for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, other game, uh, Storm beat the uh, Eels. Uh, let me... Let... Oh, okay. You're going to disagree with me, are you? Uh, can I ask <laughs> you one thing about that? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that sim, about that sim minute. <laughs> so this is what I want to throw at you because um, this is where I get frustrated. What Don't gag out there, right? I... And I'm not saying like I, I agree uh, but partially with what you're saying there, but I just want to throw sort of an alternative argument. Mm-hmm. Um, Dane Gagai, I reckon, is more running that line to actually make sure that Trebojevic can't get to with the player. 
like I don't think he's actually interested in being a ball runner or a support runner because he's sitting so far behind the player that's actually made the line break. And I feel like he's just trying to run Travojevic off the ball um, by holding. Like I know he's holding his line, but he's kind of just making a nuisance of himself. And Travojevic has obviously tried to get inside him so that he can be more useful to his team. Uh, certainly not by smashing him or poleaxing him or anything like that, but just by getting him out of the way so we can run that line to actually make a tackle, hopefully the next tackle. That's where I, I don't know, that's where I sort of get a bit frustrated by it as well is because I, like we said about these little things that creep into the game, I've certainly noticed that you've got players that take intercepts or make line breaks now that they'll have sometimes support runners that are actually just there, almost like an AFL shepherd that are going like, I'm just going to try and make sure that no one can get to this player. And that's why I sort of felt for, I felt for Trevojevic because I felt like the contact, I mean, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Like definitely when they show that second angle, like the first angle, Andrew Johns blows up and says, Oh, it's not even a penalty. And then when they show the, when they show the angle from behind and you can see that it's obviously a shirt pull, but I think that he was more trying to actually get himself into a position to make a tackle on the ball carrier rather than take out a, uh, a runner. And that's where I guess I think it's different to a professional foul because I've always thought that a professional foul was actually denying the opportunity for a try. And I don't think that Dane Gagel was even interested in running as a support runner there. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realise he might not have been running as a support player. But, um, but yeah, so you're saying maybe just a penalty and not a, a, a sin bin for a professional foul? Correct. Yeah, yeah correct. Uh, yeah, I don't think that he denied them an opportunity to score because I just don't think Gagel was even in position to actually get past the ball back on the inside anyway. He was too far behind the ball runner. Fair enough. I guess that's what we're talking about. It uh, comes up to interpretation with some of these things and and uh, yeah, whether we should leave it to that or you know, that's why people are going to disagree. That's right. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see how it goes. Um, <laughs> should I move on to the next game now or you got more to say yeah, about no, it? <laughs> no, no, I'm done. I'm done, Hans. We've had our disagreement and you really didn't take the bait or have a swipe at me or anything. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, really, it's really just flying under the radar. Uh, next mature. time, next time I will. I'll blow up next time. Yeah, um, right, I look forward to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Storm beat the Eels 32-0 coming back from their loss last week. Um, probably one I wanted to bring up with you, Mitch, maybe for a skin stats in the future is how many times a team have, have won by 50 and then uh, and then been beaten significantly the week after because I know the Eels smashed the Broncos by more than 50 they last did, week. Yep. And, and I think it's happened a, f- a couple of times this year or over the last couple of years now. So it be interesting to see how much that happens. Uh, I'm not sure it was complacency in this situation because everyone knows how good the Storm are, but yep. um, the Storm definitely, uh, definitely showed uh, why they are up there at the moment on the top of the ladder and uh, – and uh, but yeah, as as Lee mentioned, probably a, a big talking point, something you don't see too often, is Cam Smith being sinbinned. Um, <laughs> everyone thinks he's always uh, got one over the refs, and, and he can't be touched. But but he was sinbinned. He didn't he didn't uh, complain either. He walked off, and um, it was for yeah for slapping Reed Mahoney. I mean, it was a bit of gamesmanship going on there by Reed trying to hold him down so he couldn't couldn't chase his kick, um, and and uh, yeah, probably got him on Smith's nerves enough to. To draw the uh, the slap from him. Yeah, right. There you go. Finally. Yeah. Um, but another uh, one point out of the game that that was pretty funny. I saw. Uh, I think the Storm were up twenty two nil at one stage and um, got a penalty uh, in front of the sticks, pretty close, and uh, took the took the shot at goal and missed the goal. Cameron Munster kicked the goal, um, and you see. Craig Bellamy blowing up in the uh, in the in the, the coach's box up there, like going mental. Um, for, with, for any other coach, it'd probably be their biggest blow up ever. But for Craig Bellamy, it's just another stock standard blow up. But, uh, and then, but yeah, uh, after the game, he was spraying the uh, the trainers, the runners, the strength and conditioning coaches, the the players, and and no one could figure out why he was unhappy. But um, but apparently, there was some sort of miscommunication. They talk about. At Amy Park there in Melbourne, apparently, uh, the, I don't know the headsets. The communication is, is really tough, and um, and we're not sure whether he didn't want uh, Munster to take the kick and he wanted Pappenhausen to take it instead, or he wanted them to go for a try and they instead they um, went for the, uh, the kick goal. So I don't, we don't know what it was, but it was an almighty blow up uh, when they were leading twenty two. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's not he's, like he's on the line. great for a blow up, is he? Is oh. seriously good for a blow up standard. Yeah, loves it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got no, the uh, 
Quick wrap was also of the Women's Rugby League for the round. Broncos beating the Roosters 20-0, continuing their great start. Um, and the Dragons beating the Warriors 26-6 after losing to the Broncos last week. Um, but they had a tough week. Uh, a couple of things didn't go their way. Stephanie Mooker, I believe her name is, couldn't travel with the team and couldn't play then because of a, a passport issue. Um, Mustn't have had it in order in time, so she was she was oh, out of the geez. out of the matchup, um, missing two other players as well. One through suspension, which was a season-ending suspension, which is, do, doesn't take much. Seems that there's four games in the season, if you include <laughs> yeah, the uh, right. grand final, yeah. um, and, and also illness for another player. Um, and then they made an administration error on game day, where on the official team list they only named sixteen players, um, forgot to name a seventeenth, and. Um, were fortunately granted leeway late to add a 17th player to the official list. So it was all going against them, but they, they came through to get a 20-point win. Uh, yeah. oh, unbelievable, Sands. Yeah, right. That's a genuine <laughs> bullseye. The, the passport one has got me. Though. <laughs> 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 oh, elite. Yeah, shucks. All right, well, I think that, that brings us to the end of the NRL wrap. Thank you, Has, yet again. Really. Can I just ask Has because uh, he wasn't obviously here for like, actually I think this story broke after our podcast last week but um, just I've been reading like recently that uh, the, the Broncos obviously we know the pandemonium that's going on there with the fifty eight mm. nil drubbing last week and the uh, fact that they're all gambling addicts before games <laughs> and <laughs> all of that situation that's been in the oh, press yeah, all we week. Talk about that. Apparently now Anthony Seabold has uh, decided that that five-man leadership group that he had this year, they've all been canned. So they're, they're not uh, going to be in leadership positions again next uh, year. And the man who the players want as captain is Matt Lodge, um, who you will remember was actually exiled from the game at one stage and banned for his uh, his actions in New York. Mm. Um, so, so it does seem an interesting sort of in terms of the – you know, that buzzword we always talk about with the culture side of things. I'm not sure how people are going to get behind that. Yeah, I think it would so turn some, some heads. People, uh, I think yeah. uh, some of the public wouldn't be too happy about that. Uh, whether whether it's true or not, well, we won't know for a while probably. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very early to be picking a, a captain. Um, That's what does seem odd to me with these reports as well. It's like it's September, not April. Yeah, and they've still probably got a few uh, – Contracts to finalise, um, looking at getting some players in from other teams. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a tough one to, to think who they're going to pick. A few guys on the outer, not sure whether they're going to be starting or playing much next year. You know, Matt Gillette's an experienced guy on their team, but I don't even know if I'd start him in the uh, in the starting 13 after – not that he's been playing terrible. He just doesn't add too much in attack. Uh, he's a very good defender, but when they've got guys like David Fafita and Tavita Pangai Jr. and Joe Offahangawi in their in their back three most of the time now, um, yeah, it's it's hard to see a spot for him on the run on team. But he probably will, um, given his experience. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it, yeah, who knows which way they'll go? No, sorry, Skin. I just thought I'd ask Haz about that because we wasn't with us last week, obviously. Yeah, no, that's fair. We yeah, definitely worth a mention that one. It, yeah, the news sort of came out after our last episode, so we had to speak about it. Thank you, Lethal. Um, I'll have another crack at moving us on now, if that's all right, though. Uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to the, yeah, the <laughs> to the uh, AFL rap. Here we go. Alrighty, and Lethal, do you want to do you want to talk us through most of the AFL, or, or will I start us off? Oh, Skinner, totally up to you. I mean, you have been very strong tonight. If you want to continue, oh, yeah, true. Right. Form, yeah, well, I'll keep leading. Uh, well, I'll, yeah. I'll start by saying, obviously, that uh, Richmond uh, continued their good form, beating Geelong. Um, so they've they've gone straight through to the grand final. Um, yep. That was, I mean, were there any any major news pieces out of that game? Or that was pretty much all I had there, Lethal. No, only that probably Geelong actually, like, I mean, Richmond were massive favourites going into the game and then Geelong actually looked unbelievable at halftime. Probably could have been up by more, but they were definitely leading at halftime and then, as expected, Richmond just sort of ran them down, um, yeah. and, and which was, yeah, not a shock. They were a class side and probably go in, again, uh, very heavy favourites for the grand final this weekend as well. The only other comment I'll make, Skinner, is that Chris Scott has to be the angriest coach in press conferences that I've ever seen. He like 
oh, if you do yourself a favor, everyone, and watch his press conference, he just blows up bananas in like the first 40 seconds because like <laughs> there's there's a bang somewhere in the room and he's just like, what was that? <laughs> he, goes, he goes absolutely <laughs> crazy. Oh, man, he's getting just as angry as, uh, I don't know, who were some of the other great coaches for just anger issues? Bellamy. Um, like <laughs> Bellamy, Bellamy, definitely. His press conferences aren't as fiery. We've seen like Ricky Stewart is classic for a press conference blow up. There's Hasler um, also yeah. on the weekend had a bit of a blow up. Um, yeah, he uh, was on the phone, wasn't he? <laughs> he was yeah, uh, Tooby, like, to the ex uh, coach as well, uh, Jeff Tooby, I think his name was. Um, oh, he yeah. could blow up, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the only comment I was going to make there, Skinner. Yeah, right, no, that's fair. Um, and one thing I, I just remembered, I'm reading an article about um, uh, about the Geelong team, sort of suggesting that that was, that was sort of their last real crack at, at winning a grand final um, in the near future, I guess, just with, with sort of like Gary Ablett's career is probably probably coming to a close fairly soon in the near future, I would think. Lethal, do you have do you have any opinions on that? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think that that probably should be his last game. I mean, that's far from me to uh, to be able to cast judgment on someone who's an unbelievable great player of the game. Mm. He should probably get to retire when he likes, but yep. no, yeah, fair. you would have to yeah, you would have to say that probably he hasn't been in sort of their top. Um, 15 players for the, the whole of this season, really, in, in any round. So I don't think he's been uh, probably yeah one one of the lesser contributors, definitely consistently. Um, yeah, so I'd be surprised if he if he went again. The only thing I'd say though is about that. Like I, I don't know if, if people have been saying that about Geelong for years. You know what I mean? And they just they're actually like very successful and have been for a number of years. They just keep finding ways to, yeah. to bring new guys through, like they found. Tim Kelly, who was a late draft pick, like Quinton Knuckles, so to come of age now. Uh, they just always seem to find guys to actually make sure that they are still consistently a threat, even when people write them off. So I'm unsure, yeah, how how accurate that will be, Skin, but only time will tell. Yeah, okay. No, I like that. I'll keep an eye out for him. Um, but, yeah, no, so probably, probably the bigger news out of AFL over the weekend was the GWS first Collingwood game. Um, we're, mm. Yeah, we're... Collingwood were definitely the favourites going in and, and GWS managed to upset them, um, becoming, yeah. I, th- I think I, I read, only the, the second team this century to make the grand final from outside the four. Um, the first, obviously, being the, the Bulldogs in 2016, which we've already analysed in, in a fair bit of depth. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so GWS had a, had a, had a good game, really. They were up by uh, 26 points at three-quarter time. Um, and then it sort of came down to the wire there with Collingwood sort of having a, having a pretty big fight back in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, ultimately GWS managed to hold them out and win by by just four points. Did you have have any have any thoughts? Have I missed anything there, Lethal? No, that's a great rap skin. You're killing it. Perfect, perfect. Um, has obviously didn't get to watch the AFL, mate. <laughs> no, I didn't get to watch it. I'm sorry, boys. <laughs> yeah, he would have. He would have definitely had the opportunity to watch it. Elected <laughs> not to. Yeah. He just would have put. He would have put on like some rerun of the Q Cup 2016 Grand Final or something. <laughs> so he didn't have to watch AFL. Um, I, have to, I have to fit uh, some only, time in for uni study. Unfortunately, uh, guys. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing I'd say, Skinner, is GWS probably the team gets stronger, stronger again for the Grand Final too. Like they obviously did that without. Toby Green and Lockie Whitfield, who, yes. who are both an outside. Well, Toby Green will play, and Lockie Whitfield's an outside chance of playing too. So, um, to potential. And I even read today. I don't know this potentially fake news, but even read today that Stephen Coniglio is a chance of getting up to the grand final. So, yeah. their, their team could improve significantly before next round, even. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, and and a fun fact I saw the other day for you was that that was that's the first game they've ever won. Where Toby Green and Lockie Whitfield were both absent, which is pretty interesting. That's, apparently, that yeah, yeah, apparently there's only been start. only been six games ever where both of those players were missing, and they've lost all six of them, and and now they got the W. So good on them. See, stat, stats are always meant to be broken, aren't they, Skinner? Uh, yep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very convincing. Uh, but yeah, no. So that was that was probably. I mean, well, I guess as a Lions supporter, we were saying last week that we wanted we wanted GWS to get pumped by, by a thousand there, so that was a bit disappointing. But um, yeah, no, you've, you've got to got to respect their efforts there. I guess they've done well. Nah, I think I actually considered that again, Skinner. I think Did that you? was in the heat of the moment. Yeah, I think that was in the heat of the moment. My blow up there on uh, last Monday, I was obviously hurting about <laughs> the Lions. 
uh, because when I actually found myself watching that game on the weekend, I actually found myself wanting GWS to beat Collingwood okay. just for the fact that they're obviously a new AFL club and haven't ever featured in grand final before. There was a bit of a romantic story. You know how I love my Nicholas Sparks film school. Uh, there's yes. quite a sort of romance to get behind there. So, yeah, I think heat at the moment, I retract those comments. Apologies. Um, okay. Then go GWS. Okay. Yeah, no, thanks, Lethal. <laughs> I, w- I will say, I, I can sort of see where you're coming from. I, I caught the last sort of few minutes of the game and, and sat around to watch um, watch GWS sing the song in the rooms. And there was like, the commentators really, really won me over as well, saying that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sort of all the family members were in the in the room with them, and they've sort of been watching watching their sons play since they were 18, 19, getting pumped at the AFL level, and now they've sort of come a long way and. Um, and yeah, it's all, all sort of looking pretty good at the moment. So so yeah, no, it was it was yeah, easy to get behind them uh, the other day, I guess. Yeah, I agree, Skin. Perfect. Um, only other sort of news to come out of that was that the what was it? It was the score review system was brought back into the spotlight in that game. Um, no, it's a pig of a system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely definitely starting to agree with you. So the AFL have, have come out today and admitted to a pretty massive blunder over the Josh Thomas goal, um, which was yeah pretty clearly touched. Um, but the third umpire was obviously in a bit of a rush and deemed it inconclusive evidence. Um, yeah, yeah, which is just not ideal. I mean, probably the only good news is that Collingwood didn't end up going on to win by one goal. That that would have caused cause riots at the MCG, I would think. But um, well, that's good news because if Collingwood won that game, honestly, the GWS CEO would probably burn down the AFL headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be some real anger. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I'm not yeah not sure, not sure what they're going to do about that next season. It's obviously there's sort of something not quite right with the system. And I'm not sure what the solution is, Lethal. Any ideas? Um, certainly not off the top of my head, Skinner, yeah. but I'm sure there'll be another million dollars there ready to go yep. for some um, obviously brilliant idea. Yeah, no, perfect. Um, and by brilliant, I mean obviously yeah, pretty useless. Yeah, probably one that will, yeah, another, another <laughs> miserable fail, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> and probably the only other thing on the topic of AFL that we wanted to talk about was an email we've got uh, maybe even last week from from a mate down at Cricket Ravan um, he, he's hit me with a skin stats question here as well which I haven't gotten around to answering sorry Ravi I, I will we'll get on to it in the coming weeks I promise um, but the first half of this was sort of just a, a rebuttal to our, our blow up about the about the Geelong home final saga um, yes. so, so Ravan's argued that uh, the rules are actually that you get a home state final not not specifically a home ground final, uh, which would which sort of makes our, our comparison to the the Brisbane Richmond game pretty pretty redundant, I guess. Um, and and he says a, mo- a more appropriate comparison would be whether if Gold Coast ever played a home final, highly unlikely, uh, would it be played at the Gabba? And what's he got? For what it's worth, I don't think it would be because he would struggle to sell that much ground anyway. Um, so yeah, so thanks, Ravan, for that that correction. I definitely, I, I did not, yeah, I didn't know the rule. So thank you for enlightening me. But I will just say, I don't. And not the not the first time we'll shoot from the hip uh, and without actually reading the rules properly. That's for sure. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Look, I, mean, I think we've we've always sort of advertised that this is a podcast about sort of banter, and <laughs> not really not really finding solutions. Um, in, but I will, <laughs> I will, I will just give myself one little defence. Um, I don't think I was necessarily arguing that that the the home final was against the rules i was more arguing that the rule is a stupid one sort of thing if that if that helps at all mm. i think that does help skin very good all right perfect well there's that thanks Ralph. um and that's it that's it for the afl so we're moving along um we haven't got a jingle for the next section so thank you has for the little the little change over there um, and what do we got next? We've got the Rugby World Cup next, which is probably probably the biggest thing happening in sport at the moment, really. So it makes sense that we've waited 49 minutes to talk about it. Um, yeah. we, we sometimes do play that little tambourine thing in the background, Skinner, as well, when we're changing topics, if we don't have a jingle, but totally up to you, though. Yeah, no, has has got the tambourine. I just sort of talked over it because I was mid-sentence, but that's all right. Um, oh, I'm has. Sure. A freak. <laughs> has it. Just 
contributions, left, right, and yeah. center. Teamwork on the buttons here. I haven't said much for a while, so I need to contribute somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, tough to get a word yeah, out of you in the AFL segment. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, anyways, on to the to the rugby union World Cup. Um, so we're I think we're six games in at this stage. There might even be a game on at the moment. Um, and for those who have been listening f- since early doors, really in the podcast, will remember a little skin stats segment where I pretty much came up with a, a spreadsheet that was going to predict the entire World Cup, which was a fair task. Um, so we can just check in on how that's that's gone, um, and it's going surprisingly well. I was off to an absolute oh. flyer. <laughs> I'd picked, really? yeah, I was off to a flyer. I'd picked five from five. Um, I had Japan to beat Russia, tick. Australia to beat Fiji, which we'll talk about maybe in a bit more depth because we're Australian. Um, but yeah, they got up. And then France to beat Argentina, New Zealand to beat South Africa and Ireland to beat Scotland. So I got the first five all right, um, which was nice. And then I've had an absolute meltdown in the sixth. I've tipped, uh, is it Namibia? Namibia. I don't know. I'm not sure what's I'm not sure what's going wrong there. So I've tipped Namibia, Namibia to win by six points, and they've been dusted by 25 by Italy. Which probably, even with my limited knowledge of rugby union, I could have worked out that something wasn't quite right in the spreadsheet on that one. Um, no, anyways, you've entered the you've entered the wrong value there. Surely, <laughs> surely, surely something's gone wrong. But yeah, no. Anyways, we're five from six. I'm pretty happy with that, really. Um, and I'll and I'll keep you updated on how we're going next week. Um, and yeah, we haven't we we haven't got got too many pieces of news to talk about from the Rugby World Cup. Admittedly, none, it's none of our sort of areas of expertise. But has did have one little story to come out of the Australian Fiji game. Has did you want to talk us through it? Yeah, well, at, at one stage there, uh, Australia were down by nine. Um, got a penalty not far out from the posts, and uh, they chose to go for the penalty kick. Um, interesting call, uh, but. Uh, they must have uh, must have had a word from one of the Fijian players, maybe questioning their decision, calling them soft for going for the penalty goal when they're nine behind. But uh, Michael Hooper had a pretty good response, um, and uh, I think we could play play the the, uh, the audio here so we can hear what his response was to the, yes. to the question. Well, if if my my skills on the roadcaster are all up to date, we should be able to get the audio. Also, it depends on the Wi-Fi, so we'll see how we go. Uh, yeah, we're taking a. Then we'll get a try, then we'll go in front. Okay. All right, there's the audio. Yeah, so I'm not sure what you guys uh, think about sledging sledging from behind, if you want to call it that. He was pretty confident with himself, and I guess uh, if it doesn't work out, then uh, then it doesn't look good. But but it actually came into fruition, and, and we, they kicked the gold, and they scored a try not too long after and, and took the lead and ended up beating Fiji 39-21. to 21. So... Um, yeah, I don't know about your stances, but it seems to me it's a bit like if you're in, in cricket and um, sledging two set batsmen when the score's one for 150, you know, it looks pretty weird and and, uh, and probably not the thing you usually do when the batters are on top like that. But if it works and, and you get both those batsmen out soon after and it sparks a collapse, then you look like a genius and, and yeah, uh, it certainly pays right. off. Yeah, no, exactly. So he's ended, up, he's ended up looking good there really, but it was a bit of a gamble. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's just about all we've got for the rugby union as well. So we'll we'll keep moving on. Has have you got the button for us? Perfect, perfect. Um, and we've yeah we've we've kept Has pretty quiet through the AFL segment, but he's got a he's got a good chunk of the next couple next couple topics. Has do you want to give us a wrap of surfing? Yeah, well, while I'm on the panel, you can't, you can't miss out on a bit of a surfing wrap, and uh, and exactly. it is timely because today the Freshwater Pro. Uh, oh, we've spoken finished. about Freshwater Pro before, haven't we? Yeah, well, we spoke about it, it was coming up, and, and it finished today. So I think it was run over three days. Good thing about that event is you run it um, over a short period of time. You don't have to wait for the swell to come up. It and made swell so perfect um so yeah i wasn't actually so sure of the format when i was asked last time and and it was because they changed the format this year to, to make it a bit smoother in their opinion um 36 men involved in on the men's side uh they get four waves each two on two left-handers two right-handers their best left and right-hander will be their heat score uh the top 24 progress to the next round they get two more waves as a chance to improve that top score and from there the top eight progress to a final um 
And uh, on the women's side of the draw, those details are just halved in terms of numbers as 18 women start the uh, the Freshwater Pro. So um, that's the format. And uh, no surprises, Gabriel Medina wins. He won the event last year. Um, he's a freak at that that sort of event and, and that takes him to the top of the rankings as well. He's made a quick rise over the last couple of events. Um, he's closely followed by Felipe Toledo. Um, at that event, he came second and also now second on the on the overall rankings. Um, so the Brazilians out in front there. Uh, but a couple of Aussies worth mentioning. Owen Wright coming third uh, at the Freshwater Pro. Julian Wilson fifth and Adrian Bucken seventh, turning back to clock. Um which puts Owen Wright into seventh place overall and Wilson into ninth. So they're still up in the top ten with three events left. Um, so good from the Aussies there. And it's actually quite um, quite important in the top ten this year, uh, different for a change, where the um, surfing is actually going to be in the next Olympics. And um, the way you qualify for that is being in the top ten at the end of this year. So... In, really? the sur- in the surfing at the yeah, the surfing at the Olympics, there's going to be ten surfers who qualify for the Olympics, but with a maximum of two per country. So um, it looks like there'll be probably three Brazilians in the top ten, which means only two so of those. Only two of them go through. Yeah, yeah top two will go through, and, and then one will miss out, and, and number eleventh, eleventh place on the rankings will then qualify, and so forth. Um, may happen for other countries as well. So there may be others coming in, but uh, at the moment, Owen Wright and Julian Wilson are in the top ten. Um, I guess a, a, a talking point is that, probably my opinion, but John John Florence, best surfer in the world, may then miss uh, the Olympics because he might not qualify. He's actually eighth at the moment overall, still in the rankings, even though he's missed the last like three events because he was way up in, in first. But um, he's second for the Americans behind Chloe and Dino. And uh, it looks like Kelly Slater will probably overtake him as the second second best American on the list to qualify for the Olympics during the next three events. How old is Kelly Slater? It feels like he's been surfing for since, like, I don't even know when. It was certainly since I was born. Oh, yeah, and he's an incredible athlete. And this Freshwater Pro uh, was at the Kelly Slater Wave Pool. Um, and, and oh, So he probably has to surf that event then. Yeah, but he surfs all of them. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it's And it was sponsored by his company, Outer Known. Um, he's got his own now surfboard company and, and clothes company. Um, Have you written to them for a potential sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not them. I think I've tried every other surfboard company, but um, <laughs> might have one. Might, might have one to announce soon. We'll see. We'll see how we go. <laughs> oh come on! Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what, boys. We won't be getting a. Uh, we won't be getting a ski uh, sponsor. That is for sure. Any sort of ski branding that it because uh, I've had my first day today, and ironically, I know you didn't ask, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, ironically, I'm actually very good at like the going part, like the skiing uh, situation, like the actual moving and balancing. I'm quite good with. Uh, horrific at the stopping aspect, uh, and I went straight up the hill, going, "Yep, you beauty." Uh, it was only sort of halfway down the run that I realised that I hadn't actually mastered or even thought about how you stop. <laughs> Um, and so my method of stopping was to go head first straight into sort of the orange <laughs> wire uh, that was meant to well, was meant to be a sign to say slow down. <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't really have <laughs> I didn't have that capacity, uh, so I just clung onto that particular uh, fence. Uh, both skis fell off. I was then crawling around in the snow trying to get myself back onto the skis, uh, and then I did take myself back up the mountain to have another crack because I thought I can't just be defeated by that. Still, obviously, didn't know how to stop. So my method for stopping now, skin as it stands and has, uh, is just to sort of dive like I would in touch football. Just look head first, <laughs> head first dive into the snow. Uh, um, so I'm unsure that the ski hire company is really yeah, impressed with so that we, method. Okay, so we won't be getting any spawners there, but that's no, all right. we'll keep, Yeah, we'll keep on the search. <laughs> Mate, just don't break a bone on us, hey? We, uh, we need you to come back and, and make another pretty 30 for us next game. Hopefully I like break an arm or something so I can't hit it to the men on the fence like that all three rounds. <laughs> oh, shucks. All righty. Thank you, Lethal. We have one last little segment to go here. Um, and that is, of course, the overused phrases. 
Um, and I think has I think has has got a few prepared here. But what do you? Got? Oh, what a segment! May <laughs> <laughs> have a couple some people can relate to. Uh, thinking back to junior footy days, but you hear it hear it on the sideline of any of any rugby league game nowadays. Is um, there's a big fella running with the ball. He uh, runs oh, over the top of a couple of uh, run, exactly where <laughs> <laughs> runs over the top of a couple of defenders, and, and someone's bound to scream out, "He can't run without legs!" <laughs> um, so, uh, he can't run without legs. The amount of times I heard that yelled at yeah. me, <laughs> probably true, um, but uh, yeah, we probably can't take wrong. his legs off completely. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, easier said than nah. done. But but definitely one you hear a fair bit. Yeah, she actually that brings oh, back some memories of the junior That does bring back some memories of me getting kneed in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that advice. Yeah, speed bump, lethal. Moving over to cricket, <laughs> um, uh, one you hear a lot. I'm talking to a batter, going about to go out to bat, plans for the next game. I oh, mate, just play straight, leave well. You know, it's uh, it's pretty stock standard. Yeah, classic. Um, but then we often add also into our plans to cash in when it's wide, which um, doesn't make oh, too much sense because uh, if you play straight. Hard to hit the wide ones straight, and and you're probably going to leave them if you're leaving well. But yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day actually, because I feel like that play straight one gets said all the time. Like I actually find hitting the ball straight off a pace bowler literally the hardest shot. To play. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. feel like it's that hard. Yeah, yeah you just want to use and the I pace, don't you? Told, yeah, that's right. Play straight, play yeah. straight. It's actually yeah. not that easy, I don't think. Yeah. And do you think? I'm sorry to get a bit serious, but do you think it's always a, a good thing like we talk about playing straight all the time like it's sort of i don't know the best idea ever but i, I feel yeah. like you, you definitely miss out on a lot of runs and, and I, I even like watching manus today he tried to hit one straight and missed it by about 19 meters and sprayed himself for not trying to put it through the covers where it sort of just like it was yeah just i think there probably go, needs to be a disclaimer that straight is like straight through the line of the ball so not actually trying to hit it to the stumps at the other end necessarily that's straight it's hitting straight through the ball. So if the ball's on your legs, straight might be wide mid-on. That's a sort of like a straight swing from where your bat starts from. Or if it's full stump, just outside off stump, a straight swing might be wide mid-off instead of between point and cover if you're opening the face and, and slicing it squarer. I don't know, Has. I reckon there's a few coaches out there that yeah. are happy to draw the V for you and it goes from one side of the stump to the other side of the stump at the bottom. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the only place they reckon you should score. Every time I hit it back there, every time I hit it back there, the bowler stops it because it's blocked. Yeah. Well, what about, geez, I think, oh, no, maybe not not yesterday, but the uh, last week against, who did we play against? Against Gold Coast, maybe? Yeah, yeah. he'd probably the best straight drive of my life, straight into off stump, <laughs> rebounded back into the bowler's yeah. hands. So that was great. <laughs> That's right. Hits, hits yeah. straight, hits straight. So the non-striker can yeah. get run out every time. Yeah, game. exactly. So you get zero <laughs> runs. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, they're both quality has. Yeah, sticking with cricket, um, you often, yeah, a bit of a uh, bit of a partnership builds up between the two batters and, and someone will say, oh, boys, if we get one wicket, we'll get two. <laughs> and, and, I mean, sometimes the case, but it doesn't always happen. Yeah. I, think, I, think it's, uh, I think it's fairly uh, wishful yeah. thinking. Yeah. That's not, yeah, that's definitely not statistically backed up, I don't think. No. Get one and we'll get two because I've played plenty of games where we've got one and then we haven't got another wicket again after that. Mm. Yep. Always going to happen sometimes. Um, and, and another one, talking about you know, a good Jeez, has Save some for the next week. <laughs> okay, final one, final. Let, let me get this final yeah, one yeah. in. Give us uh, one. But, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when talking about a good performance and they'll say, oh, he just put in 110% effort today. You know, just put in 110%. Oh, yeah. Well, how can you put in 110% effort? I'm pretty sure 100% <laughs> is the maximum you can yeah, get. Yeah, I think by definition, 100% is, yeah, you're maxing out. I do see where they're coming from. Yeah. But I, I actually want to relate it back to uh, something a psychologist tells us at Queensland Cricket and um, and she's all about not giving your best effort. Don't go out there and try and do your best. Try and do your average. Do do what you normally do because that's what got oh, what's got you to where you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's got you to where you are. If you do your average, you'll be fine. If you try to do your best, you're going to be trying too hard. And if you're trying too hard, you're not going to get the results you want. So you don't want to try and do your best. You want to try and do your average. Yeah, right. And that okay. is Interesting. Sam Hazlitt with the psychology session of the week. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's my tip for, for all those listeners out there. Yeah, right. That's, that's <laughs> very good. You, that's, that's a good tip. <laughs> I feel quite sorry for anyone who's listening to this podcast as a way of using it as a mental yeah. advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
If you're here but for I sports like psychology, you're that. probably struggling in your career, but yeah. that's all right. <laughs> right. Uh, perfect. All right. Well, I think that uh, that just about brings us to a close, really, for the for the potty this week. So, uh, any any final comments from anyone, or are we we good to go? Nah, I think. What's the time there, Skin? How have we done? Well, remember we had that forty second break. Yeah, least. yeah. Well, we had a yeah we had a few technical difficulties. We're currently at an hour and eight minutes. So hopefully we'll oh, cut we'll, that back we'll to maybe one oh five. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that. Yeah, certainly we'll, not our longest yet. We'll wait and see if it actually did work out the way we wanted to with uh, with Skin and I um, on the desk here. But yeah. but yeah, I think I think it's been all right with you being uh, on hiatus there, Lee. Um, I can see what you're trying to do there. Hey, I'm not going to take a holiday every week so that you can run the show. <laughs> no, please don't. Good to have you back. <laughs> no, that's fantastic, Skin. Can you uh, just uh, let us know your final job is just to let people know where to find us and where to send emails and stuff and then you're out of there. All right, can do. Yes, so you can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and, of course, our email address, which is wegotthechocolates at gmail.com. Um, I've got a few skin stats things already stocked up for the coming weeks but feel free to keep on sending more through um, yeah, Has yeah. did have some overused sporting buzz phrases but he just hit it, used them all yeah, yeah. so that, <laughs> that segment will be dried up for a couple of weeks but <laughs> so if you I'm think sure of we'll those, yeah. yeah I think the listeners need to help me out for next week now. <laughs> absolutely but yeah, uh, that'll cool. do us and now if I can figure out how to stop recording then we're good to go so we'll yeah, see you next week hit the little uh, hit that little closing button as well skin the little uh, closing one you know the cl- oh the clo- there's a closing button outro yeah yeah that's like yeah the outro yeah oh here we go Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.